0: Weber State fans, your ninth-ranked football team takes on number 3-ranked James Madison this Saturday, September 18th, 6 p.m. Purchase your tickets now at WeberStateSports.com or by calling 801-626-8500. That's a huge game. James Madison routinely a semifinalist well, they're in the Well, are talking about them moving up. They are. I read a story yeah. about the dominoes yeah. with the... First, the SEC makes their move, then the Big Twelve makes their move, and where is the American Athletic going to go? And James Madison was talked about moving up and maybe taking a big jump up. They were talking about how much they pay coaches and how many new buildings they have and what their athletic budget is. And James Madison poised to make the jump. DJ and PK, it's time now to talk about the Utes. And the Aztecs, Matt Ortiz, co-host of the Sons of Montezuma podcast, joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at SmartRain.net. Matt, good morning. Good morning, DJ PK. So, it has been a while since the youths have seen the Aztecs. Obviously, the Aztecs went through a coaching change. Now they're going through a stadium change but it looks like they can still run the ball really well and they still have a really good running back. True story?
1: You know, they sure do. We've had a great chance to sit down with Aztec starting running back, Greg Bell. He is the focal point of the offense. I I seen a crazy stat the other day in the last 50 games when the Aztecs run the ball over 200 yards, they're something ridiculous like 49 and one. Wow. So Greg (laughs) Bell is going to be the focus. He's Got an amazing journey. His story is one that in San Diego we're very familiar with. He originally wanted to come to state. Things happened on the the grades side that he had to go to the J.C. route in Arizona Western, which proved to be very, very beneficial to him because he ended up going to Nebraska. Things didn't work out there. And now he's back home in San Diego and all Aztec Nation is extremely excited about it.
2: Well, usually if you were a uh, running back there, a really good one in the recent years, you've been an NFL guy. Uh, that and Those are just the facts of the situation. Is this kid an NFL guy?
1: You know, I think he really is. And you hit, you, you hit something there because San Diego High School in particular has a really, really proud tradition of running backs. You can go back to Marcus Allen. You can go, you know, as recent as uh, Arian Foster. Uh, numerous Heisman Trophy Award winners. The The kid is cut from the same cloth. His journey, like I said, just took him, you know, different paths. But the, the young man is uh he's slippery, man. He he gets through the line very uh different ways. He's he's got a good uh burst of speed and he's a tough kid.
0: So can they throw the ball and have some balance? They had some big plays against Arizona. I watched the game, but it was tight end screens, it was little stuff and Arizona guys running at each other and then missing tackles. and So all of a sudden it's a 75-yard play, but that's not the same as throwing the ball consistently. Certainly worked that night, but don't know that they'll have that working for them every week. Other defenses will tackle better. What do you think of the passing game?
1: You know, it's it's yet to be seen. It, obviously, I was there at the game uh, last weekend in Tucson and, you know, it was a great atmosphere. We were very excited to see how uh, the quarterback Jordan Brookshire and the offense was going to come out because we knew we were going to have to have a more balanced attack. But, you know, hey, I know we haven't been in the same conference with Utah for what is it, 10, 11 years going on now. But there's definitely a, a, a lot of respect that us in San Diego have for the program there in Utah. So we know we're not playing U of A anymore. This is not, (laughs) this is not, you know, a bottom team of the pac 12, you know, we we definitely respect. And so it's going to be interesting to see, you know, Jordan uh, came out a lot more confident than he did in that first game against New Mexico state, which, I mean, let's be honest, arguably is one of the lesser teams in all FBS. So it was, it was definitely good to see him be uh, a lot more competent, a lot more confident, in his play but you know that, that Utah defense is, is a whole different animal coming in this week
2: So we saw the Aztec program really take off under Rocky Long and then he leaves They he turns 70 and goes over back to New Mexico's defensive coordinator and they bring back Hoke who was on the staff and obviously had been head coach before. How much if anything has changed in the philosophy of the Aztec program with Long leaving and Hoke taking over for a second time? you know,
1: really not much, you know, obviously uh, Brady Hoke, when he was first here originally brought Rocky Long in as his defensive coordinator for those first two years. So really it's just been, you know, we're very fortunate to have an extension of the same philosophy for all these years going strong. Now that, you know, coach Rocky is back home in New Mexico um, the, the defense really hasn't changed philosophy. And, and obviously this defense for the Aztecs, the a lot of senior leadership on that defensive line. The, the the linemen, the linebackers are all very, very familiar with the 335 scheme that was uh, brought here by Rocky. So they're they're definitely the strength of the team, strength of the defense. And I know that the new defensive coordinator, Kurt Maddox, he, you know, he's he's got all the tools. He's got all the uh, fun parts there to have some fun and dial up some uh, exciting uh, packages there in the defense. So it looks like they've been uh, carrying it on.
0: Do you expect them to blitz a lot because the Utah offensive line struggled with blown assignments against BYU? Do you think that they will bring in a lot of exotic blitzes, give them different looks, try to confuse them, and and take advantage of some more blown assignments?
1: Well, you know, that's always the goal, right? With the 3-3-5, you want to give that offense some different looks that they're not used to and disguise where your blitzes are coming from. So, you know, the last two weeks, uh, it, it didn't really require much of that because the the pressure that our, our front three and four were giving was was well enough. Um, and the secondary on the back end, which was probably our biggest question mark on the defense, you know, they held their own. We even got some coverage sacks, but with this Utah team, you know uh, – I wouldn't be surprised to see some new wrinkles, some new uh, disguises coming in there. So I think in a game like this where the two teams are are just obviously defensive-minded teams, it's going to take something a little different from both sides to throw the other defense off. Now, it benefits us, I think, in a certain ways that we've been able to see BYU play our previous two opponents. So a lot of game film watching on our part to see, okay what did BYU do? to finally get over that hump and and beat Utah. Um, easier said than done, though. So we'll, we'll have to see.
2: So the game's in Carson, two hours away to the north. Uh, Utah's travel roster, I got it right in front of me, that they took down to Provo the other night. They had 20 guys from... Uh, at least uh, within a two, three-hour drive of this stadium, and a lot of them within (laughs) literally minutes of the stadium uh, right there in the Southern California area. So there's going to be a lot of Utah fans there. Uh, Big game, Pac-12 opponent and all that. Uh, What's going to be the atmosphere? Because it's a real funky situation. I can't think of a team playing its home games two hours away from its campus.
1: You know it really is. You know, all Aztec Nation is very excited. Next season is the grand opening of our new Aztec Stadium. It's uh, it's going to be amazing. That that environment is going to be something that uh, this program has never seen before. Southern California is is going to get a treat. But this season, this one last final year playing in Carson, you know, it's uh, it's it's not ideal. It's not definitely not ideal. But um, this game is being billed as a blackout. So our fans can come out and get excited. You know, if on our perspective, if we could pull this one out, obviously it sets our season up for a little, a lot more of an interesting possibilities. So I know our fans are excited. Like you said, there's a lot of not just LA kids. There's a few San Diego kids there on the Utes roster. So I know they will be very well represented, but uh, man, I, I think it's going to be a fun atmosphere. Uh, it's a lot different than playing in the old uh, Qualcomm Jack Murphy Uh, decrepit stadium so no matter what man we're enjoying it tailgating it's going to be a beautiful atmosphere outside and uh yeah looking forward to it
0: well man thanks for a few minutes we appreciate it look forward to the game on saturday thanks for coming on appreciate the olive branch guys sons of montezuma.com matt ortiz co-host of the sons of montezuma podcast covering san diego state football
2: i find a level of what's a word
0: Intrigue into this game? That was exactly the When you said a level of, I thought intrigue is the next word. Not passion, because it's non-conference and they don't play that much, but... But the Utes just lost. The Utes just lost. They've never gone 1-2 and, one and the two in the league. Things that, that they did poorly in that BYU game are things San Diego State, well, they could do well and maybe they can take advantage of that. Was that a, a one-off for whatever reason? Who? Utes? For the Utes? And they're gonna they're gonna get it together because in a three-three-five, Matt's right. The whole point of having a three-three-five is you're usually gonna bring a fourth or fifth guy, but you have no idea which linebacker defensive back is coming. And so for blown assignments and guys coming free and disrupting plays, the three-three-five is kind of built to do that, confuse you. And this is a team that had, in Kyle's own words, the offense had a lot of mental mistakes. They had blown assignments. So also Defensively, man, they gave up a couple hundred yards rushing. In San Diego State, they're built to run the ball. That is built. They they run it. They run it. They run it. They throw it once in a while. It's not quite the lopsided thing you see with the service academies and with Air Force, but after that, then they're about as lopsided as it gets.
2: Well, it's lopsided in the pro style sense, not from the option sense. They're not trying to deceive you. Right. It's not trying to deceive
0: you. They're just going to yeah. run. Yeah. But, it, but it's, you know, they don't throw a lot, but when they throw, they try to hit on a big play. Uh, yeah. But they're not going West Coast. They're not going to throw
2: the ball on three straight snaps, I wouldn't think. Well, neither are the Utes. Uh, I think that to me, the level of intrigue is the way they respond. Whittingham's a tough guy, and it's one thing to lose, but the one thing to get dominated
0: And to lose and the th- trenches on both sides. Yeah. And right. so
2: I'm expecting a substantially better effort. And there's so many of these kids that just live within
0: Yeah we had Nick Ford on he was the, sta- he was talking the arena, stadium arena, yeah. stadium.
2: Yeah. I mean I mean I know exactly literally where Nick Ford lives. Live close by myself, so he's gonna have all sorts of people. All these kids are gonna he, be fired up and yeah. then they're gonna be fired up because they lost. Easy for a lot of these kids
0: to bring fifty or a hundred people. Oh, as many as they want. Right. The tickets will be there. It's a 27,000 seat stadium. It's not going to be full.
2: Well, you see that when they play in a Coliseum and Rose Bowl. Yeah. Go, having been down for every game that the Utes have played in the Rose Bowl or in the Coliseum, I've literally been there every single game. You get there early, you walk around, and you see them.
0: Red upon red upon uh, you red. See,
2: and the parents or the families, because they have some form of identification, mm-hmm. that's my son. That's my nephew. They're wearing their gear. So Maybe you, they make. You can figure make, out the connection. Sometimes they make t shirts yeah, and what, there'll be 12 what, people yeah. with the family t shirt. You, you literally see it. Yeah. And so all these kids are going to be sky high to play this game and they get to go back uh, next month too in the Coliseum. But after Saturday, wow. I mean, that was such a downer. I'm really excited to see how the Utes respond to this. Now, I think this is a decent opponent. It's not anything that you can just roll over and, and cream. by. And you just can't. I think they're good enough. It's not Arizona State beating up on UNLV. Or San Diego State beating up on Arizona. Uh, so, I'm excited for this game to see what they can do, and I'm glad it's, the Sun's actually going to be out for a good portion of the game. That's rare. And uh, to see what they can do. Uh, they, need to, they need to get it back and get it back quick. You lose this game. Yikes. Oof. Oof. Yeah, you've gone 0-2 against Division One non-Power 5 teams. That's not good. And, and it's funny because for pretty much the better part of, what, seven, eight years, the Utes media-wise has been nothing but Love.
0: There would be very little little love at this level. Yeah, there'd be very little love. What's up with you guys? You've lost one non-conference game in a decade, and then you lose two in eight days.
2: I don't see it, but if it were to happen, I mean, they're they're used to being. Oh man, those guys—they play tough brand of football. And if a second
0: straight team runs for two hundred yards on them, because that's how San Diego State wins. (laughs) Yeah, right.
2: That goes against everything that the program has stood for for thirty years.
0: Absolutely, totally agree. You just can't. It's bad enough you got. It's happened where they've gotten beaten up at the line of scrimmage before, but it doesn't happen very often, and it shouldn't happen back to
2: back. Oh no, we can still recite the one time it happened to Urban because it's so rare, New Mexico. Yep. <laughs> right, and how many years was that? That's almost two thousand and three. Uh, it's eighteen yeah, years ago. Yeah, and we can still see it, and we're still stunned by it.
0: UNLV. Who's that little bowling ball running back? The night they beat the Utes twenty-seven nothing that launched Kyle's forty-one and seven run or whatever it was.
3: Well, going back to the New...
0: yeah, so I
2: suspect they'll accord themselves well.
3: Going back to the New Mexico thing, Rocky Long was the head coach of that New Mexico team.
2: I'm excited for this game, and Rocky's his imprint is still Rocky on Rocky is program. you know who Rocky is in a football sense. Who? He's Kyle. Jerry Sloan. Oh, no, he's Jerry, Jerry Sloan. Sloan.
3: Okay, I can see that. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Older dude and no I would not mess with them. Yeah. Right. No no. No <laughs> nonsense. No nonsense, right to the point. <laughs> yeah.
0: Just as direct We've as had, possible. We had had him on the show multiple times he was in his in back still. We go twice a, awesome, twice a year. Awesome. Awesome. He interview. would
2: always he would be the one coach. Yeah. I can remember back when we were at 1320 yeah. in the studio. We we could count on him BYU Utah week every single year. I grew to love the guy Yes, and then I would interview him at, down at uh Uh, Mountain West media days You felt like you were Always talking to your father And you wanted to sit up straight Because you wanted to impress him Because if you slouched he'd tell you to sit up straight (laughs) (laughs) And Bronco spoke extremely High of him So uh, And his imprint is still On the program Absolutely
0: and if, it's very unusual. If, if you hadn't seen the cutaways of the Arizona game where they cut to the sideline and you see the coach, if you just watch the game, it would be easy to imagine he was still coaching the team. They ran the ball, they ran the ball, they ran the ball again. They threw a three-yard
2: pass, the guy broke tackles. Well, unless folks an idiot, why would he change? Yeah. Because it's clear that, Don't fix what that, that level, that style of football took San Diego State to levels that they hadn't been consistently in 40 years when it was
0: a totally different sport right 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 there were no recruiting limits they were a jc program there was no tv there was no social media it was a league of california schools they were completely overmatching yeah so why would you mess with that no reason to it's a talent in the program it's a talent in the pipeline it's the identity you've got when you're out recruiting yeah, so absolutely. Keep this doing is, it. This is
2: what we've built, and yeah. we built it rather well. And then this new stadium. I was listening. I listened to this. Uh, uh, they have it uh, on S- channel eighty four on Sirius. It's College Football Network, mm-hmm. and they had him on. The, the afternoon guy had on Hoke, mm-hmm. and they were just going on about their ability to run the ball. And then they were going on about this new stadium. And the host had seen the drawings and stuff of mm-hmm. the stadium. And this guy's just going nuts on how great it's going to be. That's really cool for them. It's going to be about half the
0: size, so they'll be able to fill it because there's been no atmosphere because there's been acres of empty seats. Right. Because yeah, they didn't yeah. need a 70,000-seat stadium, as many college teams don't need when they play in NFL
2: stadiums. No, not at all. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm uh, I'm very uh, eager to see what this stadium looks like when it's done because I'd been to the other stadium 100 times to cover – football and actually not to cover baseball, but to watch baseball and uh, to see what they're going to get now. I'm excited for it. I, I don't know what it's going to do. Stanford got its stadium remodeled downsized. It really hadn't done a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, but what can it be for there? I I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it doesn't matter or maybe it adds to where, yeah, people are thinking, well, if I can't go, not everybody can go to those other two schools to the north in the Pac-12. Why not go here? Pretty good brand of football. New stadium, San Diego. I think the comparison will be
0: have more for... uh, CSU. The CSU uh, got a new stadium, went on campus. It is on campus, yeah, and I have not been to it. It's supposed to be uh, nice. This is supposed yeah. to be really nice. I was talking to uh, Jerry Bovey, former Weber State ED, who's up at Utah State, and he actually hey, brought yeah. it up with me. He said, have you seen that? I said, well, I've seen the drawings and the social media stuff they put out. He says, it is supposed to be really nice. He's like you. He said, he can't wait to go see it in person because he's heard such good things about it. Right. So, And it'll be on campus. It's been off. But that whole acres of parking that you may have tailgated in when you went to a bowl game down there or you went to a a regular game, that's going to be the whole San Diego State West campus. They're building a second campus. The San Diego State's been landlocked for 30 years looking for a way to do this. And now they're doing it. So. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up next, everything you missed in this show, Lincoln Kennedy on the NFL, the crazy uh, Raider game, and his take on the Pac-12 South now. We'll get to all of that coming up. And Aaron Rodgers getting called out by a former teammate. We will get to that next. Stay with
4: us. It's game week for the Cougars. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. After their emotional win against the Utes, BYU welcomes in another Pac-12 opponent as Arizona State rolls into Lavelle Edwards Stadium this Saturday. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game, and then catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at six, with a postgame show immediately following the game on the Zone Sports Network. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 12.80 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This
2: is the National
0: Football
4: League. Each offseason, you got worked work like it's the last season. And I just don't see a work ethic in Aaron Rodgers that I have in previous years. And uh, actually,
0: you can see it right through his, his helmet. The eyes and the face tell, tells everything of a personality. And uh, I just don't see it, that NFL hunger and,
4: and just feel hungry to go win another championship. I just think it's cliche and talk um, that, that guys get up there and say, oh, I want to win a championship. Oh, It sounds good, but I want to see what you do on the field.
0: That's Jermichael Finley right there, former Packer tight end 2008 through 2013. He was former teammate of Aaron Rodgers, but now openly questioning his work ethic and his ability to lead with the Packers getting smoked by the Saints in week one.
2: Well, I think he wants, once he went with the man bun, you have to question his work ethic.
0: The man bun is for linebackers, not quarterbacks.
2: Name me a quarterback who's won a Super Bowl with a man bun. And we're done. Just doesn't happen. Not yet. Don't see Tom Brady with a man bun, do you? No. It's only a matter of time, though. Do you ever see Joe Montana with a man bun? <laughs> no. Bart Starr. <laughs> Bart Starr. You ever a man bun? No. Yeah.
0: Kenny Stabler, though he was he was close one off season.
2: Oh, you can do whatever you want in the off, off season. season. But once it's time to play ball, you got to lose the man bun. You just what kind of message does that send to your team when your quarterback runs out there with a man bun? He says, well, "Screams, we're soft." Feels challenged. You'd think he'd work harder,
0: but he's coming off a big year. But if he wants to stick it to the man, writing him off, pushing him out the door. So you're going to play yourself? at a high level. Well, it seems like he's spiting himself if he's not working hard enough. Right, I mean that was a miserable three hours. And well, it was in Jacksonville, I guess. Right, neutral site had to move the Saints game.
2: Oh, got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. And then you look at Winston; he's reformed. You know, he had some off the field stuff, and but every time I hear him speak, it's like, wow, this he's guy's dialed doing the in now. Right thing every he's time. Dialed in. Yeah, I saw a sit down interview with him. And I came way, way impressed. Seems like maybe he's one of these guys that took a while to mature. But it seems like he's there. And he's all business, saying the right stuff. And we'll see what he can do. You know, there's been plenty of guys that... Uh, Late bloomers at quarterbacks?
0: That's a position where it can
2: happen. Right, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he wasn't bad at this other, uh, with, with Tampa Bay. Inconsistent uh, mistakes, turnovers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you saw the promise in him.
0: Uh, He's always been able to make big plays.
2: But there's been plenty of guys, Tannehill being one of the uh, later ones now. Right. I'm Kurt Warner, Hall of Fame guy. Yeah.
0: And teams are always reaching for those guys because that has been a storyline throughout NFL history. So this week, the Saints will be playing Carolina, and obviously, Carolina is trying to get that with Darnold. Didn't work in New York, but a lot of circumstances.
2: Yeah, I mean, they threw him away so
0: early. Yeah, and he had an offbeat coach, to be kind, or a crazy coach to just get right to the chase. Cut to the chase! And he didn't have much of a team around him. Not at all. So Carolina, maybe this is a value pickup here. Maybe this will work.
2: I would like to see Sam Donald succeed. I think he's got it in him. We've seen Green Bay start poorly before and figure it out, though. Will Rodgers figure it oh, out? I'm not ready to cast him aside. He's right in what he says here. It's one game. Uh, it's just that it's one game with all the offseason drama. that So that raises the eyebrow a little bit more than normal. But it's still just one game. If he would have been there and it would have been the uh, usual offseason, I'd probably say, yeah, one game. Come on. But... Once the off-season stuff is factored into it, and it seemed like it was nonstop drama. And we have seen quarterbacks fall off a cliff where they've been really good, and then
0: they just they lose it. You're talking about Billy Kilmer? I was actually going to go to Peyton Manning. But sure, Billy Kilmer, if you'd like. <laughs> <laughs> Two ends of the spectrum there. If you'd like to go with hey, I have no Billy idea Kilmer's got to be Billy 70 Kilmer. now. Billy Kilmer came into
2: <laughs> mind. I just like that name, Billy Kilmer. No idea why I said that, which is really par for the course for me. Lincoln
0: Kennedy joined us earlier this morning. Raider radio analyst, Pac-12 analyst, talked about the crazy, wacky ending. The Raider offense got very good late in the game with 17 fourth-quarter points. And then they score in overtime to win it. But he pointed out they also have 17 guys on their injury report this week, including two season-ending injuries. They lost a defensive oh, yeah, tackle.
2: Offense and defensive yeah. line.
0: Gerald McCoy went out for the year.
2: Yeah, but I mean. It happens, but it's a problem. This is the NFL, man.
0: Cowboys are dealing with the same stuff. They lost their defensive end Marcus Lawrence to a broken foot in Wednesday's practice. He's out six to eight weeks.
2: I mean as long as they got DD Lewis they're okay. DD Lewis. <laughs>
0: Somebody's pulling out all kinds. <laughs> somebody grew up in Jersey watching cowboy games.
2: I told you Roger Stallback was my D.D. hero. He's your guy. Yeah. So in order to have him be your guy, you got to watch the games. Although interestingly enough, Willie Mays is my guy and I don't ever The only thing I remember him is him falling down the outfield. i mean, I never saw him play. Certainly, no, nowhere close to his prime, but I did see Roger play in his prime. That's for sure. And it seemed like in Phoenix, Cowboy games were on all the time, and even in New Jersey, it seemed like they were on. America's
0: team turns yeah. out they get on a lot. But I they mean, it be a were, lot. B- were they they were America's very team good. then. Yes, they were very good then.
2: Yeah, I mean they were good, but did they, they have that? Moniker attached to them. When did that happen? Was it was it back when Roger was I playing? I don't
0: know. I don't know what year you have in mind for starters. Oh, yeah, remember when Roger, Roger was playing. Yeah, they were a big deal by then.
2: My earliest I mean, they, football memories they, of Roger Staubach. They were awesome for 20 years. I remember them Thanksgiving, that's for sure. For
0: 20 years, they were in the, it's a college basketball term, but in the NFL terms, they were in the Final Four as often as not. And they were in the playoffs almost every year. I think it was 18 out of 20 or something. When the playoffs were smaller, it was more difficult to get in. They yeah. were elite. They, it was if you did, if you didn't if you wanted to win it, you had to beat them to get there. I mean, they were in the mix so often for twenty years, from the mid sixties to the mid eighties. So I don't know what year you have in mind, but. Stauback was there through the seventies. I think.
2: Well, the seventies. Yeah. Mer- well, Meredith was growing growing good. Up watching
0: football, Meredith. But was I don't good. have any memories no, no, of him. Yeah. No. Meredith was good earlier, and they were still really good after
2: Staubach with Danny White, your my ASU guy. My thought of Meredith was the announcer. I think that Roger Staubach, All Things Considered, was the greatest man ever to play
0: sports. <laughs> That's how high you hold him. I interviewed him once. He was a great interview. Duh. He was a truth teller. It was a. He just went right after Dan Fouts. Yeah, he's good, but he's more into stats than winning. He
2: served his country. There it is. Won the Heisman. Never even had lust in his heart for another woman. Never.
0: I don't Never. see how you can possibly know that. But okay. Because he's
2: Roger Staubach, you oh, idiot. That's okay. why. Okay.
0: <laughs> 12 NFL title games in 17 years.
3: If Jesus played games, sorry, sports, NFC title games.
2: It was Roger Staubach.
3: Moving right crossed over to sacrilege.
2: No, right, no. What do you mean? Joseph Smith was a wrestler? I'm told.
3: Leg wrestler, PK. Leg wrestler. A leg wrestler? Uh-huh. What is that? You never done a leg wrestle? You're saying L E G? Uh-huh. L E G.
2: No, leg what is wrestling. that? What I- No, I have never heard of that. What is that? Do you know what that is, Sniggy? I've heard
3: of it. You know what it is? I think that two people lay on the ground. Yeah, but I don't know how around. you win. <laughs> you flip the other guy over.
2: With your legs?
3: Yes. It's one leg. So you kick your leg up and then you kinda of interlock your leg and I just kick the... Covered clothes, but <laughs> he, you interlock your legs as you kick up, and the first person to flip the other guy over. It requires quite a bit of hamstring strength to pull this off. I've, who does that? Nobody anymore. I did. Was it, it was, back
2: a big deal in the 1800s? Yes, I,
3: and I did this when I was a youngster. Like, Leg You wrestling. did, really? Uh huh. Huh. I haven't done it in many years now, though. Never even heard of it. Just, huh. go, just huh. Google it. It's the 1800s. It. Can't get the
2: internet to work here tonight. So today. You
3: also did a thing called stick pull, but you know
2: stick pull.
3: That's not it. Let's just move along. As you mentioned, is that like tug of war but no rope? You use a pole
2: and uh,
0: yeah, you have
3: two hands, guy on each end, and first guy to pull the other guy over.
2: That makes more sense than leg wrestling, doesn't it?
3: <laughs> I can see that. a little really easy. just yeah.
2: yeah. I can visualize it's that in kind, my head. Yeah, it's kind
3: of
0: tug of war, I get we're, that. We're right, right, the so right. Flipping a guy over with your legs, that, that seems Just Google. It. It's actually pretty interesting. That seems bizarre. I don't know. Question of the morning, he says, changing the topic. Two parter, uh, one, the NBA is almost upon us. ESPN win projection has the Jazz with the best record in the West, fifty five and twenty seven, two games ahead of the Lakers. Who's buying it? It's as good as anything right now. I mean, they had the best record in the, in the NBA last year, so if you're going to project them and have the best record this year, great. But we still have to factor in the team that will inevitably be crippled by injuries, the big midseason trade that is sure to be pulled off that will make teams better and or worse. We didn't know the Rockets were going to deal Harden last year. Two years ago, we didn't know the Jazz were going to acquire the sixth man of the year who's going to provide tremendous spark off the bench. Joe Ingles. Seventh man of the year, Joe Ingles has been on the roster for a long time. That's not who I'm talking about. You're talking about Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson, he have more tats. I'm surprised there was room and a face tat, no less. Yes, he got his first face tat. Saw that on social media. Who is first? That implies he's going to get more face tats. Can't rule it out. It is first. Whether there will be a second will remain to be seen. Can I rule out you getting face tats? Yes, you can. <laughs> Hundred percent. Ooh,
2: a hundred percent.
0: Not getting a face tat. So not happening. You not, always hear "never not say not never," but you are but going to say case, it. There's an ex, there's an exception to every rule. There are. I and never say all. never is a great rule, and I really buy it. But in this case, I'm selling it. Okay, buy or sell. DJ gets a face
2: tat. Robert so. Redford, Demi Moore, one million dollars. Face <laughs> tat. I
0: didn't like that movie.
2: Face that one million. How about the yacht, though, man? That was awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You remember the yacht? I don't even remember the yacht. It's the yacht. (laughs) Okay, so if you got a yacht, you're rocking. So you are doing free association now. (laughs) It's nine forty three. If you go to San Diego on a vacation, who would want to do that? Lots of people. (laughs) And you walk along the bay. You know, they got that Seaport Village. There's places to eat and shop and all that. Of course. If you keep going towards the convention center, right on the water. Essentially behind the convention center on the water, there's a lot of yachts. There's one huge marina. Keep going past that. And all the way down at the very end, when you get to almost where they unload the dole ships with all the pineapple. There are some mega yachts. You can go on, on Google Maps and see it. They are unbelievable. They look like hundred million dollar yachts. A yacht is a yacht, though. No, no, you have to go see these. And you get, oh, your, get your steps. For a yacht. In. Get your steps in. There's the yacht. Then there's the supersized yacht. Mm. Then there's the mega yacht. Yeah, I know. And you got a big TV. Nope, I got none of those. But it was staggering to walk past them and look at them.
2: Right. So I remembered a yacht, and you give us some cockamamie story in which you remember a yacht, but somehow it's pure and virtuous. But my yacht that I remember, I can't believe you remembered that. What the crap's the difference? Well, you were referencing a
0: 20 or 30-year-old movie. Whereas I walked by that two years ago. Oh, okay. So that's why that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. I should have known. I agree. Paycheck those, is why I live in Utah. But you pulled Billy Kilmer out of the same and, era, so you I those shouldn't yachts be surprised. Just, they were created in the last two years. I don't know when they were built. <laughs> you saved a school six hundred grand. Six hundred grand wouldn't get you a seat
3: on that yacht. <laughs> I'm fully aware. Of that. All right, you want you oh, I I walk can, by them down there? I can I top your yacht about, stories. Yeah. Go ahead. This is this is now. Do you want a super yacht? This is yacht, no, size.
0: yacht size. Yacht size is where
2: we're at this morning. Yacht size, <laughs> which is close I to a Yahtzee,
0: to which is a fun word.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yahtzee, yacht size. So that big uh, hotel. What's it called in the Bahamas? Oh, uh, Atlantis. Yeah, Atlantis. Right. We stayed there. It's a married property. Used some points. Well, you know, a slice of pizza is like $25. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yahtzee!
2: <laughs> but so they got this right next to They got like a seaport village right next there. to it. Okay, sure. And there, the subway line is like 400 people deep. Because you know? <laughs> nobody wants to eat at the hotel because it's so expensive, right? Well, to walk from there, from the hotel over to that where the shops are, they have these yachts and they sat there every night. And I could not believe them. They had helicopters. They had boats that I would lust for on the yachts. And like for 42 c Is that, like the, is that yeah. like
0: the RV in southern Utah where they're towing the little car behind so they can leave the RV in the spot and yeah. then they take their car and tour around?
2: Unfreaking believable, man. I would walk over every night and think, how in the world do you have that kind of cash? That is un that is staggeringly so. Stunning, man. Staggeringly stunning. These yachts. Wow. Holy freak. Man. So I can only imagine what you saw if they were better. Your your
0: yachts might have taught me because I don't remember a helicopter being on any of those yachts. Oh, yeah.
2: And they had crews working, and they're docked. Yes. Yeah. They're working there. Yeah. I would take a job as that. <laughs> I just want to work on that yacht. I don't, I don't even want to. And that. then we go out, and the Caribbean, I believe, is the best water. And I haven't been around the world, but that water, you know, it's warm, it's see-through all the way to the bottom, see your feet and whatnot. It's just gorgeous. Wow.
0: I don't even know how we got on yachts. I don't either. All right, your feedback coming up next. Enough of the yacht talk. Yahtzee, feedback on the way. Stay with us. Don't go nowhere. Join hands of Scotty, University Federal Credit Union's grand opening to their Lehigh Meadowbrook branch, Monday the 20th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., 101 North and 1200 East in Lehigh. Last time BYU fans stormed the field before the Utah game was after the USC win and the Cougars promptly lost the next three games. Any worries about a repeat? Joe rejects the premise. I love when people do that. You're very good at that, by the way.
2: I reject the premise that he's rejecting the premise. Joe says
0: actually the last time BYU fans stormed the field was when they beat Boise State at home and BYU won the next four after that game.
2: Not to that level.
0: No way. I don't remember that they stormed the field after Boise State. I also don't remember they don't, so I'll have to take you two at your word. on when they, I remember them storming USC. That was
2: unforgettable. I do not remember Boise State. Not to that level, man. There's just no way. No. No, this was everybody. The joy... I, I could argue that the, the joy that I hadn't seen s- like that since 2009, the last time
4: yeah, they beat Utah. The last
0: time they beat Utah, yeah. only that unleashes that level of passion from the fans.
2: Yeah. So you st- Not all storming fields are created equal.
0: That's a true story. I believe that. And the last time the Utes stormed a field three times in the same night was a rivalry game as well. Well the only time. <laughs> sure.
2: Yahtzee. <laughs> that, <laughs> <was, laughs> that was so freaking bizarre. That's a night to remember. That that literally would be a night to remember. You know remember the great forever. the great thing about this rivalry and we
0: recount all this stuff and we wallow in it because we're here and the athletic had someone write the story and they were recounting it and it's big and we know it's a big deal, but If you don't get outside of here very often, you don't know how big a deal it is other place.
2: I think people do know to an extent. Okay, but to
0: me the AppLine has underlined it because the guy was digging into all kinds of details and I'm and I'm almost thinking, Are you local? I mean, I went back to look to see if Chris if Chris Camerani wrote it, and he didn't, you know? It? But, like, he's local, so I would get that he would know all of this. Who wrote it? But he was—I'd have to go back and look it up now. Huh. I don't remember the name, because it didn't mean anything to me when I saw it. It wasn't anybody I knew. I think
2: people understand around the country, which is why it's bizarre that they wouldn't, wouldn't want to continue it, because it brings you untold attention. Yes. And why you would divorce yourself from— separation It makes you on a different level. It gives you something that very, very few programs have.
0: And if CBS is about to get into this the way I think they are, and if Fox is going to stay in it the way I think they are, you might even get better time slots out of this. This might not even end up an 8.30 thing. Six o'clock, yeah. Six y- o'clock on Fox or CBS. Okay, or 1:30, six, All right. Well, or uh, one thirty. Gotta be careful Fox about one thirty this
2: time of year, though. It, it, it can get pretty hot. Yeah. yeah. So it would be uncomfortable for the fans.
0: But I'm not. I'm not ruling it out. You know, they've got to be good. Well, Yeah. I but even, but it becomes, I don't even know if they're going to play. I am. I'm, I'm with you on that. Well, they've got the game scheduled. But I. I'm with you in that it definitely feels like it's going to be intermittent. If it's going to be an eleventh big time game for the Utes and a tenth or eleventh big time game for BYU depending on how many conference games they play. I mean, they said in the press conference they don't even know yet. That hasn't been decided. As a very matter of fact, they they're considering it all. But and, and the Pac-12 12 could reduce
2: to one too. So we don't know. Well, on the Burson.
0: Pac-12 I think is going to play the eight conference and, and a could. Big Ten and, and an they... ACC. Yeah, but if you're playing, and that's why I say it's, or whomever, And that's why come I say on. it's intermittent when you know you're not getting one of the big dogs. It's easier to say I'm going to play it. If you are getting big dogs, they're going to skip it. Big
2: dogs, and the more big dogs, the more excited kids are. Why I, is that a negative? You don't. That you got to downgrade the schedule. You don't have to convince me, <laughs> but
0: coaches like to have gimmies buried in the schedule. They like to have tune-ups out of the gate. Arizona State wanted two shakedown games. We'll play a Big Sky team. Uh, you, don't we'll team. You, don't, you don't know that. Mountain West we'll team. You don't know that. will play they, BYU. They might not have been
2: able to get anybody else.
0: I'll give you that because they've played some other ones, but nonetheless, it's the schedule they have, and I don't think it's an accident. But it's why this but year. But it doesn't mean that they didn't talk to other people, and they did play Notre Dame, so they will play Big Dogs.
2: They've played Notre Dame. They've played right. Michigan State. Uh, they've got LSU. Yeah. I mean, they've played plenty of Big Dogs. I don't know how it came out this year because I don't know, but when to the s- bigger
0: point, you know, coaches like that, and we don't know who the coach and a D are who are going to set up the twenty thirty two schedule and where this is going. Well, I think and they pretty much plotted out this rest of this decade when they're going to play and when they're not going playing gonna play. BYU in Provo is plenty good enough. Yeah, and I and I think it can be a big deal if both these teams stay pretty good in the Pac twelve and Big Twelve. The TV networks are always looking for big games during the year. And I think as we go to streaming, it's going to be even more important. Because people, it's, you're basically driving people to the verge of pay-per-view. And it's got to be a big deal Or people aren't paying for it. With the bundling, the way it's worked, well, you got it because you got everything. And then you can channel surf into it. And that's going to go away. I don't think it is going to go away. I think you're going to have to have destination. You're going to have to have big games or people are going to blow it off. I think that's true,
2: but I think TV as we game. know
0: it is going to still be there in addition. Yeah, there'll be a mix. It's yeah. going to be a transition and a mix. For I a actually while.
2: think the Devils are paying but the Cougars a
0: lot of respect. TV also requires the big game and the destination the way it's
2: trending. So, re- oh, for sure. Regardless, yeah, 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 why yeah, are yeah. the Devils paying them a lot of respect? Because they usually play a Power Five team of some renown. So they're saying that BYU is that team. Going to Provo this year is what they're saying. Yeah. Yes. They normally don't play three cupcakes. That's what Arizona does.
0: Exactly. Mm -hmm. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Coming up, it's Hans and Scotty right here on The Zone Sports Network.